Hey guys, uh, welcome to another uh, Resin Metal podcast. I got uh, two people I'm going to be interviewing. I have Carlos Wise and Quinn Yellowhair from the band Graves of the Monuments. Uh, Carlos is the vocalist and Quinn is the drummer slash uh, producer. Uh, how are you guys? Pretty good. We're doing good. All right. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks again. Um, I, you know, heard of Graves of the Monuments for a while now. I've been to a lot of shows around the Phoenix, Tucson area and always saw Graves of the Monuments on like the, like the flyers and the lineups. And so it's really, really cool that you guys are doing this. Um, and, uh, so Carlos, you're calling in from Tempe and Clinton's calling in from Kansas. Um, so just kind of, um, I just want to kind of get to know you guys and then also let everyone else kind of get to know you guys as well and also your music. Um, so how did, uh, how did the band uh, initially start? Um. Well, we kind of um, all used to play together and <clears throat> back in school, we were all actually going to school, um, same place in Page, and we kind of started out as just, you know, playing covers and we were actually under a different uh, band that time, but the some of the members actually remained the same. Did you guys all grow up in Page? Well, I, I grew up about an hour away from Page, but... We basically just say that the whole band's from Page, Arizona. What part of that? What part of Arizona is that, Quinn? Uh, Inscription House. It's like an hour away. Oh yeah, I, I remember. I know. I've been through there. Just uh, I know, stopped at the trading post out there. In that area, that's where I'm from. Okay, like the Navajo Mountain area. Um. Yeah, about thirty minutes away from that. Okay. Uh, how about you, Carlos? Where's your like extended family? Uh, where are they from? Well, um, my family is actually from uh, Page. Uh, I have, I think, majority of my family like in the Chi'i, Copper Mine area. However, um, I actually um, grew up mainly like around the Phoenix area. Like I was going living there for maybe a couple years, and then I moved back to Page to um, live with my grandma for a while. And then I ended up going to school there and then that's where I met the guys. So you said that there was a, a band or previous bands before Graves of the Monument officially formed? Yeah. Um, how was it, Quinn? Um, well, the first band that we put together, the name was Dishonor. <laughs> and that's kind of I don't know, it kind of just dragged out. We, we didn't really get to play too many shows with that band. What what time period was that? Um, was it like 2009? I want to say like we were talking about like 2009. I think maybe around 2010 is when we actually started playing music together. Yeah. Then up till 2012, I think it was. That's when that band ended. And then Carlos and... Uh, Christian, the other guitar player, started uh, Graves of the Monument, and then they added um, another guitarist, but he's not in the band anymore. 
And then they had Troy join as well, the bass player. And then I was the last member to join for that one. Okay. Uh, how did you guys get exposed to like heavy music? Well, um, I think we just all kind of just listened to like maybe uh, I want to say like Slipknot, Corn, majority of like um, uh, new metal, alternative metal back in middle school. Um, I think we mainly jammed and then kind of just got into a little bit more heavier music towards high school, I want to say. Um, it's, it was just pretty fun. It's a, you know, great way to, uh, you know, compose yourself with music. Um, especially when we were in the band, um, the first band of Sonner, we were just kind of all over the place. <laughs> uh, if, oh, um, so the Graves of the Monuments, um, I, myself, Quinn, Christian, we are the three from the band, the first band, Dishonor. Um, we've already known about uh, Troy and uh, Justin, who are our current guitarists and bassists at the moment. We um, we were friends with them back then too, and I think they wanted to like you know play music too. So I think after you know Dishonor ended. Um, we uh, eventually got uh, Justin and Troy to come play with us. And uh, it was pretty cool. I actually really um, can't say uh, uh, thanks enough for uh, my uh, my friend Troy. He introduced me to a lot more heavier music. Um, and I think he also introduced Chris too, because he took me to my first uh, death metal uh, show in Page. <laughs> how about you, Quinn? What, how did you get exposed to like heavy music? Um... Well, yeah, there's like the first time I heard heavy music was probably from uh, like those old um, iPod uh, nanos, really old ones. And um, my mom got it for me as like a gift. And it had like the band Slipknot Corn and all that on it already. So that was like my first exposure listening to that type of music. So that was cool. And then we just got heavier, like more brutal bands later on i uh i got my first exposure to was like new metal i was more like early 2000s i think like slipknot corn like lincoln park was all stuff i got really into and then i think it wasn't until i heard slayer when i heard slayer i was just like like damn like just kind of opened like the gates to like other like faster more aggressive stuff but I think I probably listened to Slayer the most when I was in high school. But yeah, that's, nice. Um, how was like the like the music scene in Page? Like, were you guys able to like play, or like you know, was there like a lot of people that were into that kind of music in Page? Maybe uh, it's kind of. I think it kind of shifted here and there. I know when. Um, it was like around 2008, like 2013, 14, I want to say. It's kind of, I feel like a lot, a lot of um, uh, activity was going on for us. We did have a following in page for a while, I want to say, because I know that a couple of times we've gone to uh, play a show, there was actually a lot of people that um, started out with, because in my opinion, I think it's a small town and, you know, a lot of people want to, you know, do something because it's such a small town and there's not much stuff to do. And I think uh, at that time, uh, metalcore music, 
uh, deathcore music was kind of like new in that area. And it was, I think it was very interesting for people to come check it out. And we had a following, but I kind of, you know, feel like throughout the years, it kind of shifted depending. How, uh, how did your like family, how did they take it? Like, were they supportive or were they kind of like a little hesitant when they started like hearing you guys play like deathcore? I would say my family was really supportive because they would have us um, use like this old Hogan out of my grandma's to practice in. And yeah, I would say that's pretty supportive. I mean. For me, I think it's uh, kind of funny. Uh, well, um, I actually wanted to start out as a, a bass player because, I mean, I could play a little bit of guitar, but I figured maybe bass would be easy. However, uh, a bass position was actually filled already for the first band, and they told me to just try out for um, uh, singing or for vocals. And I'm like, all right. So I was already listening to some like heavy music at the time. Well, not like as heavy. Like I remember covering Linkin Park and I did like all the screaming parts. <laughs> I don't know how I managed to um, have the guys say, you know, play with us. <laughs> um, but uh, my scream at the time wasn't very good. So I had to keep practicing. And so I would practice at home uh, and I live with my grandma. <laughs> so you know, me practicing yelling, screaming while living at my grandma's house was <laughs> a little bit funny. So she was kind of like, uh, what are you doing, child? <laughs> so um, uh, at the beginning, she kind of like, well, she wasn't like, you know, not against it, but she kind of just questioned it. Um, after, you know, for a while, she began to see my passion, you know, how passionate I was about music. Um, the dedication that we as a band put in together, uh, I think she became really supportive of that. Um, and then eventually she would actually um, help us, like um, if we had like a gig or we had like a, something like anything with music going on in Paige, she you know, let us use her truck or help us out any ways that she could. And she, yes, she was very supportive. Um, so, you know, before I, before I um, called, I or before I set up the this uh, meeting, I, I was actually on your guys' Facebook page, just kind of doing my research. And you guys did a really good job documenting uh, basically the band's formation. So you guys like officially kind of started like your like social media accounts and all that around December twenty thirteen. Mm -hmm. Awesome, um, and then. Um, was there like a certain band that you guys really, really like looked up to or like really saw as an example to, you know, emulate or, uh, you know, a band that you kind of saw as a role model? I think each of us is a little bit different. We, yeah. I think we like a lot of bands. <laughs> um, I might have a different taste. Uh, uh, Chris might have a different taste. Um, you know, someone else might have different tastes, but I, I like a lot of bands and um, after listening to a certain amount, I kind of um, just kind of wanted to play our own sound. But I think when I was younger, I've always wanted to, you know, have like Linkin Park kind of sound like he was, you know, Chester was amazing being able to like sing and then, you know, scream at his range. Uh, later on, I kind of wanted to be more like uh, Suicide Silence because that was like the most brutalist music I heard at during that time. But, you know, that's just throughout the years as, you know, me 
growing up and listening to music. And uh, I think it just came to a point where I just wanted to just sound like us, I guess. I, uh, I, a lot of the bands that I kind of listen to, it seems like yeah, a lot of people bring different influences. Like, um, I know like Metallica, like I know all of them were just trying to play as fast as they could. And then when they got Cliff Burton to play bass, he like brought in all these like bands from like the seventies and they, that's when they kind of started like being more technical. So, um, yeah, I think that's really cool. You guys all had your own. Uh, you guys brought all different influences to the table. Um, one thing I was wondering, was there a, a meaning behind the name Grace of the Monuments when you started, or did you guys have anything else in mind? Um, I think um, it all kind of has a meaning for us. Uh, Chris once told me his meaning to it. Um, I kind of forgot it, but <laughs> uh, the meaning to me is... Um, Graves of the Monuments, we, we live near um, uh, Monument Valley. We live near Horseshoe Bend. You know, we live at these places that are pretty much our monuments. And we also live in a desert. So we kind of combine the name with a, oh, uh, sorry, desert um, is to represent, you know, sometimes, you know, things die on the desert because, you know, nothing is really out there. It's kind of like a grave almost. So that's kind of my interpretation of it. You know, Graves of the Monuments in the area we're around. Yeah, they came up with that name before I was a member, so I didn't have a say so. I like the name, though. I was looking at your Facebook page, and I saw that your first show was in Tuba City at the, the tire shop. Is that is that right? Yeah. Was that during the fair, or was that just kind of like a standalone show? I think that was actually during um, February 14th. I'm not sure if there was a sh uh, what was going on around that time. Oh. Do you remember, Quinn? I think there was a fair going on. Isn't that the um, um, Chris was on Navajo Cops? <laughs> that was, no, that was actually back in Dishonor. That was 2012. Okay, that was before. Or 2011. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. I yeah, our, our guitarist was on Navajo Cops. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, he was, a he was in the background. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. No, like, uh, someone was being detained while he was in the background just uh, doing his thing. <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah i saw like um a lot of your first shows were around like 2014 ish so um and then i kind of saw that you guys put out uh, an ep uh during that year too i was able to get that ep and uh, you know just listen to it online and yeah i was just it's like super heavy is it fair to say that you guys were just trying to play like the heaviest fastest like stuff you could write yeah, I would say so. I think so. We were kind of rushed on that EP. I don't know. We kind of just rushed ourselves on that for some reason. I think we we're just really excited to, you know, actually working on it. And, you know, we just kind of just really want to hurry up and, you know, show everyone our music. I think that's kind of why we rushed. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's good. Especially when you play live shows, you got to have like some something to offer people, you know, after you do a show and like if you don't have merch or if you don't have like a, a CD to offer, then, you know, a lot of people will, will probably forget by the time they get home. But um, I thought it was cool. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, then I, I saw that uh, you guys started to play or, you know, open for and play with a lot of different bands. 
and some of the bands you like played with are you know pretty big like like you mentioned suicide silence um uh, soulfly like uh, cattle decapitation um were any of those bands uh like or which one was probably like your favorite or most memorable book to play with suicide silence yeah <laughs> yeah um the main reason is uh, for me we uh it was in farmington um at the top deck and at the time we kind of had a following around uh farmington area and i gotta say that was probably like one of the biggest shows we played there was like lots of people i i remember like seeing like people like close to me all the way to the back of the room and it was pretty wild and i think the I think my opinion the best night is we actually got to hang out with Suicide Silence on a tour bus. Um, myself back in ninth grade would have been like, you know, shocked. <laughs> like, you know, this is crazy. Yeah, it was cool. They showed us a little bit of that, um, their album that was going to be coming out, I think that year or the next year. I remember that. They were showing us like a demo of it. Was that the album that they kind of went a little new metal? Like they kind of pulled back the intensity? Yeah. yeah. The self-title? Yeah. yeah really different when they showed us because it, it's all raw. Like it's not really been mixed or mastered or anything like that. But, that was pretty sick though to check that out. Yeah. I kind of thought, you know, it was going to go in a different direction, but I, I actually liked it though. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like the singing. It kind of reminded me of like, Jonathan Davis corn kind of singing. Oh, did did any of those bands like actually like you know like you know offer you guys any like tips or advice on like you know endeavors as a as a touring band? Um, they mainly talked to Carlos. Well, um, trying to think. Like I just you know say hey what's up you know thanks for you know or not thanks but um. You know, we were excited to play with you guys. So this is a cool opportunity. Um, I can think of one band. I think um, there's this band called Mothership. I'm not sure um, when it was, but we uh, just, they pretty much just, you know, taught or not taught us, but they just pretty much told us what it was like going on tour and uh, what to do, what to prepare for, a little something like that. Uh, they told us one story that they were driving at night one time, like maybe Kansas or somewhere in the Midwest, and like there's a tornado going on, and they didn't even know about it. They just heard it on the radio, like, oh, wow. Uh, be prepared for anything, they said. Yeah, that's, that always kind of freaks me out, like just thinking like a lot of those bands, they like play a show, and then they like pack up in their van, and then they drive like 12 hours nonstop to the next show. Like, Seems like it's uh, almost like a like a gang. I don't know, like a <laughs> yeah, gang kind of like lifestyle. Maybe I mean, there's been several, well, more than several times that we um, pretty much went like drive five hours to go to a show, um, play a show, drive back, and then work or sleep maybe a couple hours, two or three hours, and go back to work the following day. <laughs> so there's been uh, some of those times. <laughs> You guys put out your first uh, first album around that time, the 2000, 2016. Yeah, in Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did Did you do the uh, producing on that one, Quinn? The first album. Yeah, I did. Okay. 
how did you get in uh, get into like producing the band's uh, material? Uh, well, we're looking for someone to record, right, Carlos? Yeah, we we couldn't really find anyone, but I, Quinn's been amazing. He's been doing like pretty much all our pretty much all our music. Yeah, I've just been watching YouTube videos most of the time, just trying to figure out things and then going from there, pretty much. Yeah, that's how I started this uh, podcast. I just was watching a bunch of YouTube videos. First, I did it just on my phone. Like I would like just record myself. And then uh, later on, I found out like, you know, about doing interviews over the phone and then just getting the right like um, recorder and uh, getting a good microphone. Um, and then um, the first person I interviewed was actually a friend of mine uh, I went to high school with. It was just to, he was nice enough to help me out. Um, he, uh, his name is uh, Tyler Johnson. He does the silver jewelry. Oh yeah, I know him. He's, he's one of my friends. He made me um, the turquoise gauges, if you saw on his uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick. Yeah, he uh, he. Um, I went to high school with them. We both went to Flagstaff dorm, you know, the dorm in Flagstaff, and we were roommates together. And um, yeah, we were just like constantly, like, I think, trying to like. It was almost like we were like sharing each other's like music, and then, but then he would like bring some like crazy black metal band, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh shit, I got to go find something heavier. And then we were just kind of like, I don't know if we were competing, but. It was cool. Like we just kind of um, had a good time and really, I guess, got got to know each other, listened to each other's music. But yeah, he let me uh, interview him. He, he let me uh, go over to his place and meet his family. And I hung out in his uh, workshop and he showed me some of the stuff he was working on. So yeah, shout out to him. He's doing good work. Nice. Um, and then um, just before the pandemic, I saw that you guys were on a small tour with Ocean Harvest. Um, how did that tour go for you guys? Um, pretty, pretty good, actually. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, at the time we had a, a fill-in drummer, so Quinn couldn't be with us. He was actually in uh, Kansas, right? Yeah, that's when I first started working out here. Um, however, it was it was pretty good. We went to Texas. We actually played three shows in Texas, uh, one in New Mexico and the final show and, um, and, uh, Paige. It was very fortunate though, because, uh, Quinn actually was coming back from, uh, Kansas, right? Um, and then he actually got to play with us on the very last show. So technically he was on tour <laughs> just for the last show, but it was, it was pretty good. I got to say that, um, for our first uh, tour, it was pretty good. It was like about a week. Um, not really, not many people really know us like out in Texas. A few did in New Mexico, but a lot of people showed up for us to see us and Paige. And it was probably like one of the, I think, biggest shows that we last played in Paige. And it turned out really great. Yeah. How did, like, how did you guys handle the touring? Did some did somebody else drive or do you guys kind of change drivers or? Uh, majority guy. A majority of the time, the guys you know switched out. I it was it's a van, so um, I mean, I drove a couple times, but like uh, I didn't like driving the van too many times, or like you know I wasn't very good you know driving with the big van. So someone that was you know a pretty good driver went ahead and 
the majority of the driving and sometimes they would switch out here and there. We were also sharing a van too with the Ocean Harvest. So it was Graves and the Monuments and Ocean Harvest all together into a 15 passenger van with gear as well. So it was kind of compact. So we, we had a lot of people to switch out driving with. Oh, that's good. Um, and then like, I'm guessing like right at the end of that tour is when kind of like the pandemic hit. Um, actually, yeah. I think when we were actually leaving Texas, uh, we were at a gas station and we saw like, you know, like on social media, like um, this virus um, started coming out, you know, towards this way. And there was actually, I think, uh, a new case in Texas and we were just leaving Texas. And we we're kind of like, you know, just talking about it, like, well, this is crazy. And none of us knew, you know, how big this could be or turn out when we were going to New Mexico. I think when we finally got home, more and more of it just came on the news. Yeah, scary. Well, it's good you guys got home before, like, you know, the whole thing kind of hit the fan. Mm -hmm. um, since uh, you guys been back, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's kind of like when you guys were just, you know, taking care of your your own personal lives and uh, writing like your the your new album, uh, Storyteller. Mm -hmm. yeah. Were you guys just like file sharing and doing stuff over uh, online? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we do everything online now because we're all far away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like our next album or EP that we're going to be working on is all going to be like distant. Like Carlos is going to have to be doing his own recording. Uh, and the other guitarists are going to have to do theirs as well. So. Yeah. I think a lot of like the touring and professional bands, I think that's kind of how they do things too. So yeah um, yeah no i'm looking forward to hearing it i uh oh, one thing i was wondering what was the decision to like kind of release the album just digitally and um versus like uh you know physical versus like you know um i know I, a lot of it i heard from spotify but like um were you guys ever gonna do like a physical release yeah we're thinking about making some cds but like right now, it's trying to wait for the pandemic to kind of slow down before we um, start shipping out CDs and everything because we're all in contact with other people and whatnot. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty sick. I like it. It's uh, definitely uh, uh, I'd say it sounds more like progressive than the EP in the first album. Um, more atmospheric i would say a lot of like a lot of like you know cool sounds and digital sounds um and uh the clean vocals uh, do you do the clean vocals as well carlos um i do uh, some of the clean vocals um and the other um our other guitarist he does uh the vo clean vocals as well so we both you know kind of just you know whatever we feel like a part would be good on this section or this section we kind of just you know we uh try to find whichever sound sounds pretty good in that area so i will sing something or he'll sing something and you know if what we like what we hear we'll put it or we'll keep it yeah and then you guys put out the music video just a couple months ago for uh for uh dying language that's yeah that was pretty cool how's 
how's the response been for you guys since the video came out? It's been pretty good, I think. Um, we I actually recently uh, made a TikTok and I just posted a clip of Dying Language and that reached over 40,000 people. Um, and then, yeah, I actually have the Napoli Times right here with the article. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They, I thought they did a pretty good, uh, pretty good article on you guys. That, uh, yeah, are you guys gonna like, you know, like do something similar for like another? Because I know a lot of the songs on the album are uh, about, you know, being indigenous and native culture. Yeah, yeah, culture. Are you guys gonna do something similar on another video? Um, maybe I don't know. Would you have in mind for a music video, Carlos? Actually, I got a couple ideas here and there. Um, it's it's a work in progress, I think, because I I do have some more ideas and I have them, you know, written down on my phone um, here and there. I know um, the guys, you know, when they write music, when they write the guitars, I usually, you know, find whatever how I'm feeling when I'm listening to that. You know, what lyrics can go best what is the emotion of the song am i feeling and i'll you know match the lyrics to that song i'll either write something new or i'll look back on my you know ideas and apply that to that song it just depends on you know how the song is um lately the guys have been writing some heavy material like a little bit more heavier like our first album so i don't know if um i can find something in my ideas that can you know go along with the heaviness of the feel because uh, if you um, heard of some songs on our uh, second album, Storyteller, it's a little bit like uh, progressive and atmospheric, like you said. So with that, I pretty much I uh, just, you know, listen to each song and kind of, you know, correspond with the feeling of how, you know, it sounds, what I'm feeling. Um, basically, whatever songs uh, the guitarists, they write is how I can write with that. Uh, I know they, like I said, they're a little bit going a little bit heavier. So I'll try to find something. If not, then we can always find a, a new meaning to put into place with that heaviness or with that uh, melodic sound that we have going. Because I, I, I like to write any kind of music. You know, we're not just you know tied to one uh, genre or one thing. We like to you know play whatever you know we got or whatever we're feeling. Nice. Yeah, looking forward to it. Well, yeah, I, I really liked the video. It was really cool. Um, yeah, definitely want, makes me want to, you know, uh, learn Nav. Like, I mean, I learned Nav. I took Naval classes in high school, and then, but then the way they teach it in school is just it doesn't really didn't really stick. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And well, on top of that, you know, when you're in high school, you're not really like, you know, you don't you're not taking things super serious. So I don't know, it was just, yeah, you definitely gotta just, you know, uh, immerse yourself in like a place that only speaks that language. And, you know, so I uh, definitely wanna try to learn Navajo too. Um, but um, yeah, and then as far as just like, you know, future plans for the band, um, do you guys have any other like projects or is kind of like Graves the Monument, like the main, the like your main music project um well, i would say that's my main music project right now because we all like most of us also play guitar pretty much all of us do 
Ray Carlos. Mm-hmm. I have a, a few demos that I write and then I show them to Quinn and sometimes it can be, you know, got a material or maybe it's just something I can have for my own thing, but I mainly just, you know, write whatever, just cause I'm feeling whatever. Uh, I did write the demo to a uh, dying language for the guitars. I showed it to, showed it to Chris and then he played it. Um, he added like a thing or two to it. And then, um, eventually we released that song so i think you know each of us when we write a demo we just kind of share it with each other you know if we really have a strong connection or a feel with it i think we'll record it right away and uh you know put it in one of the gotham songs awesome um and then uh one quick i was gonna ask something before uh but i'll ask it now but kind of like since you guys started to like now like what what kind of motivates you guys like because i know like oh, i've seen like kind of like bands you know just kind of come and go especially uh bands from the res or around the res but um is it just like you know just being creative or is it just like you know you guys want to like have an outlet or or what, what kind of like motivates you guys to, to you know write your music um for me it's as long as i'm having fun you know if i'm enjoying it then i'll keep going with it that's pretty much my motivation as long as i'm enjoying and still have the passion to write songs and work with carlos and the guys and i'll still do it uh couldn't set it better myself that's really great um i think having that creative outlet is pretty good it's you know especially for you know like times like these when we're inside, but, you know, I think a lot of people that, you know, we're inside, we kind of hit like a mental, you know, block just being home a lot. So, you know, you just, you kind of find that for me, I think, you know, you just got to have like a a little bit of a a good outlook, you know, just have positive thoughts. Um, I know a lot of this was kind of hard. I think for, you know, keeping that motivation, it's good to kind of, you know, give yourself, you know, time, like um, really, really take care of your mental health because, you know, if you don't take care of your mental health, you're not really gonna get anywhere with what you've got going on. Uh, like if you really care about music or you're passionate about it and you're not taking care of your mental mental health, that's gonna really, you know, do something you know bad within, you know, that, that area you could go to maybe not playing music anymore or get tired of it or get burnt out i think a lot of times um maybe just burnout is probably probably one of the major killers out there yeah i agreed yeah definitely mental health is uh, uh should be priority now um uh one question um um what kind of uh like music or bands are you guys like listening to now? It could be local or any, any like any other like big bands. Like what's something that people should check out? Mm, I've been jamming like three bands, like three four bands recently that I really like have on repeat. At the moment, it's a band called Spirit Box. Um, they're from uh, Canada. Really great, really great stuff. You should check them out. I've really been listening to them a lot. They Came out some new music recently. Uh, another one is a uh, a loathe, loathe. They're from uh the UK. Some pretty good like heavy and kind of like shoegaze atmosphere. 
kind of music. I really like it. Um, and then I've been jamming some Deftones too. I checked out their new album and it's really great. And I've been going back to like their uh, Saturday Night Wrist album and then their White Pony album. And I, I've been jamming those a lot recently too. How about you, Quinn? Yeah, Spirit Box, like he said. And another band called Unprocess. They're like a math core, kind of like really technical band. And mainly just like heavy stuff, like Knocked Loose and all that other like hardcore stuff. <laughs> you guys want to shout out any like local uh, metal bands or res bands that people should check out? Yeah. Um check out Ocean Harvest. We went on tour with them. Uh, Under Exile, Heart Museum, uh, One Bullet Away. There, there's a lot of uh, res metal bands on top of my head that I'm trying to think of right now. <laughs> Quinn? Salvation's Lost. And there's a few of them too that we used to talk to because we were thinking about doing collaborations with some of them. So we used to talk to some of them, but since the pandemic, it kind of just went down the drain. Yeah, we've been a little bit quiet here and there, but we've been trying to work on music here and there. I mean, I've, I've been kind of keeping myself busy and I think uh, our guitarist players, you know, they're, you know, just really trying to take time, time for themselves to kind of recuperate and, you know, get that time to, for them to write. Yeah, I, I was living in Phoenix actually for the past three years and I just moved here, but one of the bands out there that I really like just uh, really, really enjoy is uh, Six Million Dead. Like, oh, yeah. They're, they're heavy. Like, um, I saw them open for Soulfly, and yeah, like, I was just impressed by how, like, like how tight they were. They sounded like almost like a, like, just like a, you know, professionally, like, touring band. They were just so heavy, but yeah, ever since then, I've just been a fan of them, and I believe they're from, like, Gila River. And I think uh, their bassist uh, played in Ocean. Ruben. Yeah, um, we're um, friends with uh, Ruben. He's uh, he helps us uh, book some shows here and there too. So they're they're pretty cool. I've met them and seen them uh, live. I think once or twice. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably kind of getting to the end of my interview. But is there any last like uh, mentions or shoutouts you guys wanna wanna you know? Shout mention? out Smile on the Center. They're pretty good too. They're yeah, those guys are awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, any advice out there for uh, bands or fans in general? Um, practice. <laughs> it seems like such a awesome, you know, like I think people really want to, you know, go out and practice now. But yeah, if you're, you know, if you really like music and you feels like, you know, you have like, personal connection with it and you want to play it um, go for it um, if you have some friends that want to play music or are passionate about the way that you feel are too then definitely you know maybe uh, join that with them and play music together yeah. any uh, any uh, last shout outs or advice out there for you Quinn uh, yeah if you feel passionate about playing guitar or want to start playing guitar then just do it I mean you're going to suck at first but practice that takes you know you gotta you have to practice to get better so yeah nice 
thanks again, guys. That was my talk with Navajo metal band Graves of the Monument members Carlos Wise and Quinn Yellowhair. Hope listeners out there check them out. You can find their newest album, Storyteller, on all the streaming apps, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Deezer. Also check out their music video for Dying Language. And follow them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, just uh, go out there, support native slash Navajo slash indigenous music. All right, now I'm going to play two songs from the Storyteller album, Dying Language and Separation. Dying Language, uh, it features uh, guest vocalist Alexandria Holiday. Uh, the song we talked about during the interview, um, it's a song that, you know, is meant to encourage and, you know, just place importance of maintaining the native language and culture. And then the second track, Separation, uh, that's actually one of my favorites from their album. And uh, after the interview, Carlos talked about how the lyrics were written um, and it's about forced assimilation of, you know, Navajo people, um, you know, around the long walk and, you know, during the long walk and forced assimilation from missionaries and, uh, separating, you know, families. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a really heavy song, really cool, uh, clean vocals. So yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. 